Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and yes, the expanded universe we dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time whenever we actually post the show. I would have loved to say each and every week as I used to say, but what the hell, just things. So I'm your host, Scott Artis, from the appropriately connected named how you want it scottartist.com and i'm heather artist from blackpearlshow.com wow congratulations but it almost sounded like you were gonna forget to say your name there for a minute there was a delay no no there was i was a just delay. making sure you were done i'm done in more ways than one <laughs> my goose is cooked <laughs> thanks for joining us for the latest episode we're still in season two i know amazing <laughs> dropping episode 103 to our cursed listening audience Thanks for checking in, though, keeping us on your subscriber and podcast list. Or if you just joined us, appreciate you poking your head into the unnatural frog for a bit of Pirates of the Caribbean discussion. Was that a natural frog? Yeah, a natural frog. <laughs> okay. It's froggy out. <laughs> I mean, just so you know, it's time we break down minutes 108 and 109. People are probably going, where are they going to go? Where have they been? But before we get that aspect of the show underway... There's been a hell of a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean news dropping over the last few weeks. Franchise-shattering bombs, I should say. It's also been crazy for us. Perhaps you haven't noticed. We've been gone. It's the understatement of the year. And I don't want to get into all that. Definitely not. I don't this advise is a, it. Yeah, this is about escapism. There's crazy work stuff any Stuffing. Can't even <laughs> talk anymore. There's crazy just work stuff happening. But there's been like no freaking room... Well, there's been no real freaking room for the show, and why carry that on into the episode when we're actually talking about Pirates of the Caribbean? Why bring work into it? We don't want to do that. No. Oh, but I do want to actually say something. It's kind of ocean-related. NOAA, perhaps you've heard of it, that little old government agency known as the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Yeah, they actually, I know, hold on to your uh, swashbuckles there. They actually appointed me to a conservation seat on the National Marine Sanctuary Advisory Council. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Do you want me to be the audience? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I'll specifically be involved with the Cordell Bank National Marine Sanctuary, if I could pronounce it, which actually protects 1,286 square miles of ocean habitat. Oh, yeah. It's offshore marine sanctuary stuff. I'm really looking forward to working on that ecosystem. Flying my skull and crossbones when I'm out there. Plundering, trespassing ships. All that good pirate fun for Noah, for the government. <laughs> it's almost like they've, uh, you know, hired me. I'm a privateer now. They just didn't know it. 
Noah it. Pun <laughs> intended. There we go. Had our first meeting too. Talking whale ship strikes and ocean acidification. Very fitting. Exactly. Kind of Kraken behemoth-esque kind of stuff. You don't want to hit those with your ship. Nope, we don't. And acidic oceans. Oh, you know, that just plays hell on your tall ship, your wooden hull. It's my Jack Sparrow stuff. But that's really not Pirates of the Caribbean news. But I have that too, as I was saying. There's been a lot going on. Because this mail, like, well, I'm not going to promise anything. My promises suck. Yeah, they pretty much do. (laughs) But we actually may have another episode coming at least later this week. Because... Maybe. I mean, if it's even possible for us anymore to have some kind of promises or regularity. But we do have some plans. Oh, the plans. Not like the best laid plans of scallywags and men kind of thing. But but plans that if they come together, maybe will result in more Black Pearl shows for this week. At least one more. Possibly one more. But let's do some Pirates of the Caribbean news. And I wish I had some fancy like new intro to throw out there. But A, the time. So I'll just say Avast! I don't. I just don't have a new intro for that. But Lucky you're doing a show. I know. Yeah. It's fun to be doing it again. Especially after the stuff. I need some escapism. Let's just say that. But the news. That's what I got. Like a sad Eeyore. Maybe. How about some news? Because <laughs> it's just a warning. And I'm going to bury the lead here. I really am going to bury the lead. Start with the small stuff and then give you a good old scarlet slap across the face. Disney is already starting the money machine rolling by capitalizing on no more bright auction. Scarlet thing. Red, you know, the new female lead. She's getting into fashion. The latest release from Disney and Loungefly will have shoppers channeling their inner Jack Sparrow. Kinda. Because the mini backpack released on Disney, or ShopDisney.com, features a pattern that includes red along with swords and the words Pirates of the Caribbean. It's also a matching wallet, in case you wanted to know. But yeah, Red. She just, it just seems like she just got released, launched, debuted is probably a better word. Wasn't it just a few months ago? Seems like it, but How who the hell knows? <laughs> I have no idea. Time is like stopped because I'm in that unnatural frog. <laughs> but yeah, apparently there's, I think it's been more than that. Was it the summer? I don't even remember. This is how mushy my brain is right now. But yeah, they're already pumping out the merchandise for her, which is good. I, I'm glad to see that. It's, I, I didn't want to see the bright auction go, but if they have a new character and they've released it, let's uh, let's get it out there. Let's, you know, my philosophy. Let's see how many young girls we can turn into pirates. That's exactly just what I want. Yeah, want a bunch of scallywags. Scallywags. Scallywaggles. So, yeah, scallywags seems so masculine. It's like a lost scallywags. Maybe if I put a law in front of it, kind of scally maidens. Yeah, but then are we getting like two? I don't know. Okay, scallywags. They can be scallywags, too. We're all scallywags. But there's a very detailed Pirates of the Caribbean ship float, too, that happened. It was designed and built by A.J. Rossbrook of Manchester. Sailed through the Manchester Mount Wolf Halloween Parade to win Best of Parade on, well, a few Sundays ago. Yeah, Not Halloween? No. It was before Halloween. Oh, okay. Because we actually had planned, so I like had some news ready, and then we couldn't release. Because, let me just tell you what happened. Why we couldn't. Heather had to drive over an hour to come rescue me because I left the freaking lights on. The truck. It was, there actually was an unnatural fog. I was afraid my headlights weren't coming on. So I turned them from auto to on, which I never do. And yeah, I left it in the on position because they usually just go out on their own. 
and I was already leaving work late, way out in the middle of some rural area. And guess what? Yeah, car wouldn't start. I'm like, oh my God, Heather, you got to come rescue me. This was after getting home, just getting home from my hour-long drive home. Yeah. So, <laughs> the and that was actually the night we had planned and had scheduled to record. Yep. And that just destroyed it. And we were never able to Then recuperate. Halloween came along. And yeah, because it would be impossible to record on and Halloween. And yeah. then we couldn't have an episode. And we had, actually, we had multiple episodes planned for that week. And none of it came to be for that. Well, oh well. But anyways, here's this quote. I've always liked Pirates of the Caribbean. Ross Brooks said, the truck driver from Manchester said that he has been playing Jack Sparrow since 2010 and it progressively got bigger, bigger, because I'm very particular how I make stuff and it shows in the details of Jack Sparrow's ship inside and out. So this guy actually created this pirate ship float, which I thought was appropriate for Halloween, but now we're post-Halloween. So now my eh, news. Probably eh, a few days post-Halloween. Okay, I don't know. It's just, it good. just seems like it's not as Halloween fun-like now that I'm announcing it afterwards. Need some spooky sounds? I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I could just... <laughs> but that doesn't really do as no. much. Anyways, Pirates of the Caribbean gave us the iconic, quirky character Captain Jack Sparrow, and fans around the world have simply loved kind of that uh, witty character. But there's one thing none of us knew about this central character, and Ted Elliott just made a revelation. He's one of the writers from the Pirates of the Caribbean, if you didn't know. Oh, is he? I think you know. <laughs> Actually, maybe you don't. But the characterization of Sparrow... Okay, you're backed up or something. Because I was actually going into the story now. Go ahead. The characterization of Sparrow is based on Lord Krishna, who is a major deity in Hinduism. While writing the character sketch of Jack Sparrow, we referred to the description of Lord Krishna, various shades of the Almighty, which helped us a lot in making the whole character of Jack Sparrow into existence. Just what many think out there. I mean, really. And this is, this is where I bring it all in. Based on comments we get and email and stuff. Yeah, Jack Sparrow really is a god. They just love him. People really love Jack Sparrow. Huh. Really love Johnny Depp. So I guess that fits with the Pelagosto thing, too. I mean, this is like all synergy. They thought he was a god. He was acting a god. He really Pears, is a god. He was modeled after a god. Very so now, now we know it all. There it is. Now we know. Reports also came in thick and fast recently that a set photo from Star Wars. Because this is my Star Wars tie-in. Episode 9 had been leaked, so they thought there was a set photo, okay? However, the image that had been deemed... Well, let me just say this. They released this thing, everybody got into hoopla, and then all of a sudden, like, then all of a sudden it's like, it's a fake. So just a fake thing. Because it's actually from another Disney franchise, and this is, again, why I bring it up. This fake Episode 9 Star Wars world that people thought, ooh, this kind of thing. Yeah. Turns out it's from Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a set photo. Huh. The leaked originated on reddit with the caption leaked set photo star wars fans immediately started to debate on what set photo this could be some made suggestions that it was supposed to be some jungle planet that has been rumored to feature you know i don't know along with some other possibilities kind of thing right yeah and then those who remain skeptical over you know they're like was this really a genuine set photo or not you know yeah people are talking oh my god they're gonna be in the jungle maybe we'll get some kind of weird ewok like things i don't know (laughs) And then those who were skeptical, they had to go and say, like, okay, I got to prove this right. This can't be it. And then it turns out that the image actually came from a time-lapse video of Pirates of the Caribbean. More specifically, the Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides movie. Yeah. Tricky, guys. Got all the Star Wars guys all hopped up on (laughs) leaked photos. Turns out they were just loving some Pirates of the Caribbean. That's funny. 
And on the collectible front, Disney Parks will be welcoming a new member to the Funko Pop family. I think it may have already come out now because my news is probably old. Damn it. Yeah. Red from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. The same red I was just talking about got into fashion. Now she's going to get a pop. Funko Pop. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really? Yeah, you'll probably want it. Cynthia out there will probably want it. Maybe we owe her one for not, uh, mm. for since she didn't win the pirate prize package. Now the you're curse- going to have everybody who hey! didn't win <laughs> say, wait. <laughs> hey, Cynthia is a big contributor. She is. Maybe we'll, we'll send her something. And that's not like one of the episode promises. If we say we're going to do that, we will do it. Uh, most likely. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> She'll probably let us know. She'll go, uh, she reminds me of things when I don't post them. So she'll go, uh, did you just say that? And if so, where's my pop? <laughs> 15 years after Curse of the Black, you know, in my notes. Yeah. I actually have Black Pear. <laughs> Curse of the Black Pear. That's not something you really want. I think I'll pass on that Black Pear. That Black Pear has been sitting on the counter for way too long. <laughs> you don't want a Black Pear. See, and that's the beauty of like word when you have your notes, because if you have black pear, it goes, uh, you probably really wanted to say black pear, not black pearl. <laughs> Change in the show. It's all going to be about fruit, the black pear. You know, <laughs> fruit that's been sitting there too long. Anyways. Is that, is that fruit that found the dark corner of the ship? The dark side, yes. Another no, Star Wars time. the dark corner time. of the ship. Okay, dark corner of the ship. I bet you there's a lot of black fruit on pirate ships. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's not think about that. Anyways. It's been 15 years since Curse of the Black Pearl. You know, changed the pirate genre forever, basically. Johnny Depp recently said in an interview with GQ, Disney hated me. They were thinking of every way they could get rid of me to fire me. Oh, we're going to have to subtitle him. We don't understand Captain Jack Sparrow. What's wrong with him? What's wrong with his arms? (laughs) Is he drunk? This is actual quotes from the Disney execs, according to Johnny Depp. They couldn't figure it out. According to him. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, well, that's news I got to share then. (laughs) We've wondered the same thing sometimes. Yeah, but are we actually seeing Pirates of the Caribbean era come to the end? The era that we love come to an end? Because are Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott out too? I mean, others have been eliminated from the franchise possibly. Because you've seen the news. I mean, it's been out there. Disney does not Disney is eyeing Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with the Deadpool writers. And there may be some new news Mm. I need to look up. But this was kind of, you know, stuff that's been out. And then there were lots of headlines. But the gist is that Johnny Depp was basically dropped from the franchise. From the Pirates franchise. I mean, really? So it's like he's Captain Jack is going to maybe have sailed his last voyage. I mean, as the franchise is facing this possible reboot without him. And then, uh, and this all, all of this, all of this latest news and all this stuff actually spurred and kind of came out of, uh, when Stuart Beatty was talking with the Daily Mail and he was one of the original writers of the script. Yeah. Like we talked about it on some of the old shows. He had his script and they brought in Terry and Ted Elliott and he ended up getting a more of a screen story credit, not a screenwriter credit, because they kind of took elements from that, but then they drafted their own. But anyway, Stuart Beatty strongly suggested the franchise is moving in a different direction for the sixth installment. Essentially, he's implying kind of his own involvement in the franchise is over as well, which would suggest that the studio is done using those characters that were created or he helped create. Huh. Kind of starting from a clean slate. Interesting. So there's probably new stuff. Like I said, I haven't really updated my notes since this was supposed to be our Halloween kind of 
Halloween week. It wasn't our Halloween episode. That'll have to happen next year now. <laughs> dollar short on that one. Day late, good. dollar short. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> Seriously. Well, okay, that's all the news, though. That's all I'll mention for right now. That way I can update. Okay. I don't want to embarrass myself. Because there's a lot for us to unpack and discuss here with all of this new news. So I'm going to leave it there for now. And then I'm going to let everybody stew in those ripe, like, black pears. They're black pear juices. And then maybe you might not have to wait as long as you might think, given our recent release history. I know that that's not, you know, solid gold. But maybe we could have another one next, well, not next week, that one too, but this week. (laughs) You know, something that, you know, maybe we can, um, you know, really dive into the loss of Johnny Depp and Jack Sparrow. We can kind of talk about some of that. Summarize the news, what's really happened, what's been happening, what do we think is going to happen. We had a ton of people comment on our Facebook page, send us notes about what they think would happen to the franchise if, you know, Sparrow's not there, would they watch it, that kind of stuff. So it'd be pretty cool to recap all that. So yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I get it. We have the credibility of Jack the Monkey here, but hopefully it's Aztec Gold that we actually will have that other episode this week. But for now, there's only one thing left I need to know. What in the blimey hell is Pirate Word of the Week? Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in 5, 4, 3, 2, yar. So if Elizabeth was a true pirate, during these minutes she was be saying, Avast! Likewise, belay! Rather than, stop, stop! Belay? Belay. Belay that order. There you go. That's uh, if everybody wanted it in a sentence like the spelling bee. Why, thank you. There you go. Do you have any info on that word? No, that's it. I knew it. I knew it was going to be half-assed. I really did. I mean, it's There wasn't good... much info. I mean, what do you want me to bring you I don't know. This? These are just pirate words. They were just... Yeah, but I. what would I have done? What would Scott have done? He would have looked up the word. He would have looked up the origin of the I word. I a couple words, so... And then uh, would have I... reported back on that. Okay, I'll take it, especially since it's been pretty crazy. And God, we almost didn't want to even record tonight. I think we were both feeling it. We're like, oh my God. But we did it. We're here. In the previous minutes? If you can remember that I far back. I don't quite remember. No. Jack, Norrington, Elizabeth, peer into Norrington's hole. <laughs> Find what they've been looking for and reach in to pull out dead, ah! man's, <laughs> dead man's chest. Will Turner appears out of nowhere, claims to have escaped the flying Dutchman by strapping a pair of sea turtles to his feet. As someone who works in sea turtle conservation, Black Pearl Show does not endorse riding sea turtles or strapping them to your feet. No, you don't. And it's illegal, by the way. Or touching them. Yeah, just just leave them alone. Poor sea turtles. Growing back hair for rope? Hey, to each your own. Don't touch the sea turtles, <laughs> but feel free to grow as much back hair as you want. We'll just leave it there. And after all that, Will tries to open the chest, gets a face full of Jack's sword, while Jack asks politely for the key. I think that sums it up. Well, yep. You don't even know where you're at at this point. I caught up now. Minute 108 begins with Will Turner, in defense, pulling his sword on Jack, saying, I keep the promises I make. Jack, I intend to free my father. I hope you're here to see it. Sensing he's being left out of a good old man-on-man-on-man sword fight. Ah! That is almost a recap right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's not something you see every day unless you go to the internet. Anyways, Norrington unleashes his saber. Again. (laughs) The internet. (laughs) I can't let you do that either. So sorry. 
Minute 109 ends with Jack, Will, and Norrington fighting on the beach. The audience includes Pintel and Rigetti and Elizabeth releasing a pit of boys-will-be-boys frustration by throwing debris, debris at them, throwing it their way. She yells, enough, then goes in for a bit of the Curse of the Black Pearl callback, exclaiming the heat. The minute ends in mid-pretend faint. <laughs> I don't know if I can let the man-on-man-on-man sword fight go. I don't know either. Something we'll all be dreaming about tonight. <laughs> I like how she tries to get to go to the end of the minute. I like how she tries this fainting thing and nobody's even paying attention to her whatsoever. You're jumping all the way to the end. I just had that comment. I mean, I I think. Yeah. Okay. I like the callbacks and this is a blatant curse of the black pearl thing here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is like this obligatory callback to her on Fort Charles fainting tumbling off into the ocean. I mean, it's like she's making fun of her own inability to breathe and handle the heat, right? Yeah. She's making fun of her own thing. I mean, it, I like it. I think she's, it. She's just making fun of women in general of the day. And also, I think so. I think that's a good point. Yeah. It's the damsel in distress thing. Yeah. These guys are going to come to my aid, that kind of stuff. But no, uh, hey, you can't interrupt a sword fight. Yeah. Trust me. And then there's also another Curse of the Black Pearl callback directly in the next minute. But I'm going to just, I'll leave that as a hint. It's a cinematic reference shot from Run Runner's Isle. Okay. So look for it. I mean, this re- reference here, really, to the heat and fainting, I mean, it is perfect. Because this is like the tongue-in-cheek stuff that makes me want to give the writers a gold star. So I'm glad you brought it up. And I love the old Hollywood fainting thing. She puts her hand on the back of, or the back of her hand on her forehead and oh no the heat and then goes tries to go down from there yeah and i think we were just recently talking about some of that it was in some old movies we were probably watching halloween classic universal monster movies yeah and well we looked up the lady was fainting all the time and we actually literally had to look it up like yeah were women built differently in that era? Yeah. Were they really that... Uh... Elvis Presley, the Beatles. It's like women were just fainting all over the place. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my uh, my kind of thing. So it turns out, no, they really didn't, by yeah. the way. And I think, yeah. I don't know if we've covered this or not, but the idea was it was kind of taken from something and then old movies just kind of rolled with it as they thought, okay. Well, it was taken from the... You know, when they used to wear the uh, corsets and all that and that, and women used to faint because of that. It was taken from that and it just kind of continued on in movies and stuff. Yeah, it's like TV shows and movies. It's strange that movies would kind of perpetuate an untrue stereotype. How dare they? I thought they were so factual. (laughs) But I wasn't sure where these minutes were actually going to go. The minutes are going all about Elizabeth. It is. You got the sword fight in the background, but everything is all about Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth's time. Yeah, so quit reading my notes, for one thing. Because I knew that there was this sword fight going to go on, right? Yeah. But I always get a bit nervous and thinking, like, what the hell does that mean for this show? Are we actually going to have to start talking and then 30 seconds later, like, wrap up because they spent the entire time clanking metal? That's my fear. Like, what are we going to talk about for all that time? But it turns out, like you said, no. And that's the genius of this minute. And I've had a lot of time to stew in my pirate juices with the delays in releasing new episodes. Black pear juices, by the way. And I tried to unleash the backlog. I really did. Yet it's all taken directly from the minutes and has like this great, 
Okay, there's this great menage a trois sword fight thing element that it gets like a bit deep, okay? Here's here's the breakdown. This is what I've been stewing in, like chomping at the bit to talk about. And I just haven't had the time. My stress level has been really, really high. Okay, so like I said, here's the breakdown. It's a bullet point breakdown of what's really happening here from like an audience point of view. And then maybe like the character's point of view here. Okay, I'm going to say them all and then we can revisit them. Let's okay. do that. So there's the dark side of ambition. Told you this was going to get deep. You thought it was just going to be something like, <laughs> hey, Elizabeth is there. No, we're going all in. It's the menage a trois of sword fights needs a menage a trois of, uh, you know, breakdowns. So we got three of them here. The dark side of ambition. The promise of redemption. Removal of temptation. Yeah. Wow. I know. It took a turn for like, you guys have been gone and Scott's obviously been uh, doing nothing but sitting there stewing, <laughs> thinking about pirates. And that is basically true. So simplified, we can just take out some of the, the you know, other stuff there. It's ambition, redemption, temptation. Are you raising your hand to ask a question? Because people, A, can't see that. And I'm just wondering. Yeah, class does feel like it's in session right now as I'm going to just go deep dive and I said, but. I was just stretching. You're just stretching. Thank you, okay. Though. But it. It's not like these are all my stuff because I actually grabbed all of this directly from the characters in a minute. Okay? I was going to say. No. And, and I did that on purpose because I thought those lines were just incredible in how it fit. But what's sad is my notes go from flipping this action sword fight sequence into like a layered cake of wisdom. Yeah. Tooting my own horn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Another thing that you could probably find on the internet. But I don't suggest it. Because the emotions that drive the action of men... Or women. I say men because it's the 18th century. But there were women pirates as well. We know this. We've talked yes. about them. So, okay. Let's just not exclude anyone. Especially now that Red's getting her own fashion statement in uh, Funko Pop for Cynthia. We're all equally, like, okay. We're all, like, equally corruptible. Let's just say that. Anyways, my notes go from such, like, this philosophical idea as, okay, are you ready for this? You may end up with a blown mind. To the euphemism of the week, okay? So that's how my notes go. I'm talking redemption, ambition, temptation. Did I say euphemism? Yeah, I did. That's weird. And now that I'm saying that, it's hard to fathom that any show could actually have such a breadth of knowledge behind it. Philosophy, euphemisms. I mean, these things are made for each other. Really. Okay, sure we can get to the deep thoughts here, but I think everybody really wants to know what I'm talking about with the euphemism. Oh, yeah. You probably are. I mean, we can't just leave everybody hanging for the euphemism of the week. And by the way, this is pure genius that I even came up with the euphemism of the week. And we should have a jingle for it. It should be a big to-do. We almost need to break out the shots for it. We really need to go all out. Mind you, I say that, and I'm going to preface this with Heather's so-called beer, <laughs> beer-goggled genius idea that she thought was great is, hey. I still think it's great. Why don't we just run out and get a keg and a kegerator and then we can have beer all the time? Who doesn't think that's a great idea? Okay, that's not the euphemism, but that that's the extent of I'm coming to the table with ambition, temptation, redemption, euphemisms. Heather, uh, I think we should get a keg and a kegerator. <laughs> There's two of us here, by the way, two of us. <laughs> It lasts eight weeks. <laughs> That's a lot of beer still. <laughs> Maybe we'd get more episodes out. I don't know. <laughs> but the episodes might not make any sense. 
But anyways, yeah, the euphemism. We're not Euphem- talking about a full keg. A uh, pony keg, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, uh, like I said, euphemism of the week. Especially coming off the last show, if you can remember that. No. For those who um, are behind and catching up, it will be seamless. Because you'll go, oh, yeah, there's another episode. And you'll go, what is he talking about a delay? But anyways, the pirate movie that almost obliterated the genre. Uh, I mean, Cut okay. Island. Yeah, not good if you're known for almost killing the genre. You know, Cutthroat yeah. Island. We talked about that. So here's the difference. This shows you the level of writing. Cutthroat Island, we had we had bad dog puns, right? And euphemisms that were just horrible. <laughs> but none could hold the candle to those in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, for sure. I mean, arguments can be made at simply the delivery. Maybe this is a case where you have to shoot the messenger. And I'm going to say, sorry, Gina Davis. Maybe it really was your... Your cardboard acting. You've been there. a bad dog. God, get that out of here. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's Nobody is bad. can deliver that good. That's true. Even um uh, who? Cary Grant. But definitely you're right. I don't even think anybody could uh could really deliver that line. No. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, all of that dialogue put together. Okay, anyways. But when Elizabeth lays out the clearly menage a trois one liner, okay, here it is. Let's just haul out our swords and start banging away at each other. Now, <laughs> I have to say to myself, now that's a metaphor. Yeah, it is. And maybe give it a little golf clap or something. I don't know. But Elizabeth, she takes the cake. She takes the euphemism of the week, the metaphor of the week. Thank you, Elizabeth, for not bringing us bad dog. But yeah, an ode to the menage, the menage sword fighting. And uh, banging away at each other. I really appreciate that. Okay. That is definitely the euphemism of the week. Okay, back to serious stuff. The dark side of ambition. And I don't know if we can even recover from that. Everybody's all thinking other stuff right now. But Jack has the gall to pin this on Norrington when he jumps into the fray. For one thing, Jack, I mean, really, you of all people know the dark side of ambition well. You managed to try and throw everyone under the keel so far, and... You're throwing a stone while clearly living in a glass house yourself, man. He throws that dark side of ambition out to Norrington like that's a bad thing when Jack is the mother of all dark side of ambition. I mean, his entire character is based on the dark side of ambition. He may come around at the end, but many a times the predicaments he finds himself in are the cause of greed. Yep. Perhaps we've all seen Curse of the Black Pearl. Maybe that's it. But I'm not saying it's not true when applied to Norrington to some degree. But it's not only him that has like fallen victim to this kind of idea. Even Jack the Monkey has gone to the dark side. And the whole first movie was essentially about the pitfalls of the dark side of ambition and greed. I just find it weird that he's, of all persons, the one to throw that stone. One of all persons. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he's just pointing out that uh, Norrington has joined him. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Because Norrington was a goody-goody t- guy. Was he? And now he's actually I, I guess joining, he was. He ki- kind of. Joining Jack's side, the dark side. Okay. Oh, I'll buy that. Yeah. Promise of redemption. Such an, an interesting uh, juxtaposition on the perception here. One man's ambition is another man's redemption, I say. Because Norrington sees this as his chance to right the ship of his life. Get back what he claims Jack stole from him, his life, his dignity, all that stuff that he's really going yeah. after. But this is also where it gets complicated because the circle of this greed, was it Jack that ruined Norrington or was it Norrington who actually ruined Norrington? Because he was the one who pursued Jack, challenged the hurricane, was bested by Jack, and then uh, was spit out a broken man by the 
high velocity winds. Yeah, he ruined himself, but he blames Jack for it. Yeah, he lost his Commodore title, his ship, his military commission. Yeah. Jack didn't do that. He did it. Because he got greedy. That's right. A different type of greed. Yes. Not like a treasure greed, but a ego the, greed thing. He was going to get the one guy that nobody can get. Exactly. It's kind of similar. But if Norrington could have actually let his ego go, he could have survived this whole thing. He could have avoided the dark ambition route, the revenge, kind of that, I can't get the girl, so I'll get the pirate I blame for this kind of thing. Exactly. But Jack sees this, I mean, and he points it out. It's like that adage, it's easier to see someone else's flaws than your own. Because the whole glass house thing again, I don't know if I can let that go. Because Norrington is on the trail of revenge, like redeeming himself. And Beckett holds the key as far as he sees it now, you know, to, to get to that point. Yes. Especially given the state he's in and what he's been doing. What I really like about this is this transformation, though. Because we've seen Will and Elizabeth go pirate, make that evolution. Now we get kind of it from Norrington, too. Maybe not so much pirate, but more privateer, maybe. Which... In this era, I mean, often those lines between pirate and privateer were blurred, but, or maybe one and the same. But, and I say that because a privateer in one country is a pirate from another, you know, <laughs> if you're attacking a ship, you're a pirate. And even though you're maybe a, under flying under the colors of Britain or whoever else. But anyways, Norrington the pirate, the privateer here. Removing temptation. This one is just a bit out there because really they're all tempted by something. Right. Even Pintel and Rigetti. I mean, this temptation idea is ubiquitous across all of these characters. It's everywhere. And that plays into the ambition and redemption angle. But perhaps where we go from here regarding Isla Cruces, or Isla de la Cruces? How come I'm blanking on the whole name of the island we're on? Isla Cruces? I don't know. It's so sad. This is a Pirates of the Caribbean show, and I can't even remember the name now. But anyways, spoilers, it's kind of a rundown church coming up, okay? But nothing says religion like temptation. Isla Cruces, we're on. We're talking about temptation. There's an old church here on this island. And Elizabeth is tempted by Jack. And this is a theme we've been following throughout the movie so far. Okay, it just might be real or just like kind of a sleight of hand by the writers. It's yet to be determined as far as uh, how far we are in the movie. Maybe tempted by the freedom of a pirate. I don't know. Pirate's life for her kind of thing. But Jack is tempted by anything that will save his own hide. And not sure I need to say any more about that. Or maybe you can throw in a treasure. I don't know. <laughs> but Will is tempted simply by Elizabeth. Kind of this allure of life with his dream woman. Elevating himself beyond his common roots. You know, all that kind of stuff. He's a stand-up guy. Yes. Norrington. Tempted by power. Need we say more? Commodore has a nice ring to it, I say. Pentel and Rigetti. Once they've realized that chess is just hanging around with no one guarding it. It's like, uh, nothing says pirate like pilfering easy pickings as far as I'm concerned. They're, in a way, one-dimensional characters that surprise us by having, like, those idiot savant qualities sometimes. It's like moments of genius and comedy. But it's like, how? Well, why not? Leave it to the duo to take a noble approach. We must steal the treasure to save these poor, sad souls. Hint of kind of a tongue-in-cheek, of course, thing there. But it's all like this saving souls, redemption. You know, that's that's what I think. It's really just smart writing, the way that the dialogue all plays into that. Yeah. And then on a loftier note, you can't ever remove temptation, but you don't have to give into it. That's my philosophy for the day. Why, thank you. And that's not even just like religious stuff. That's just common sense. But let's not go overboard, though. I mean, what's a pirate without giving into temptation? 
just an ordinary person. And tell me, that ain't fun. That is no fun to be an ordinary person when you can Not simply be it. a pirate. Rather be a pirate. There's one other thing that caught my attention during the uh, attempt at Rigetti to steal Gibbs' job as the uh, storyteller. He just got real smart here. He does that. That's what I'm saying. The like, idiot savant thing. Yeah. He does that. He And it's happened before. We should like yes. write those down. But he'll like surprise you and shock you all of a sudden he's a poet laureate for god's (laughs) sake yeah but uh rigetti calls jack and will informally as either jack or turner okay but when he refers to norrington it's mr norrington and i thought that was interesting because it backs up this idea of norrington still kind of striving and being perceived as a gentleman kind of high society the others oh that's jack it's uh turner it's will Norrington? They're no better than us. They're the same as us. Norrington's a drunken pig sleeper now. Oh, I don't know. He was dirty. But they're calling him Mr. Norrington. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It is. And I was saying that almost to delay kind of what I'm cautiously going down this new road. Because I'm not sure I really want to venture down it again. I've done it before. But these minutes gave me more evidence to my... This kind of misogynistic theory that you can't tell a woman what to do okay no you can't and i'm not saying ask or something like that it's this true to life trope that comes up in the movies it also happens with kids sometimes but generally a woman in horror movies something like that because in the heat of the moment or some crazy stressful situation if you tell her (laughs) if you tell her to actually do something without an explanation it simply won't happen trust me just doesn't happen. You end up needing to explain yourself even though there's no time. That's the setup. Sure, we all know time is of the essence. But it'll end up taking more time. It'll take you longer just to, like, you, you should just end up telling her actually something about it. Give her the explanation because that'll be shorter than her arguing about it or not doing it. Because if you don't, it won't happen. She will go to find you, not guard the chest. And then all hell breaks loose and the crazy axe man comes chasing her down. You know, we've all seen it in horror movies. My evidence is based off the movie trope and real life experience. I've said this before. I'm not going to go down this road again. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen with dudes, too. Just my experience in real life situations has been with uh, Heather. You know. And it happens that, you know, just as we see here, it just happened the exact same thing. I need you to do this. (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) No. I need an explanation, a written document, and it'd be best if it's notarized before I actually well, do what you say. Maybe you shouldn't tell us what to do all the time. Not all the time. It's usually in some kind of crazy situation. Just just guard the chest. That's all. That's all we'll last. You've been apart. Just do one favor and guard the chest. No. <laughs> she wants to throw beach debris no, at I'm him. I'm going to throw rocks at you instead. Yeah. I don't know. Send all your hate mail to Heather. Info at blackpearlshow.com. Human resources will address this, uh, you know, at some point. But yeah, there you go. And like I said, I'll preface it again just because I I really don't want the hate mail. I don't want Heather to come give me the hate mail. It may happen to dudes, but I just my experience has been with Heather, and it seems to back up what I've seen in the movies. And as we earlier established, the movies are real. They only deal in facts and truths. They don't uh, exaggerate or tell lies or give us non-facts. They don't tell you that women faint with singers. Exactly. I'm not sure if you noticed it or not, but there's a three-way going on here. Walk the plank. I think we may have mentioned it. <laughs> it's a sword fight. 
just to clarify. I didn't want anybody, you know, I don't want everybody leaving the show to go run and check out their copies of Dead Man's Chest. They're like, oh my God, what? No. <laughs> I'm sure though. Okay, don't even type that into the internet. That's bad news. I really love how this is handled from a cinematic perspective because I'm going to try and move away from that. Wait, 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 wait. What? I actually typed in three-way swords fight. Yeah? You type that into the internet? Yeah. Don't ever do that. Now yeah, we have a no, virus no, no, on no, your no, computer. No. no, it wasn't on the computer. Did your eyes bleed? No. Oh, you know what came up? <laughs> I can because only I imagine. Looking. I'm telling you, Listen. I just I can imagine what listening. came up. That's because I'm a fearful. All that came up was Dead Man's Chest. Really? Yeah. Huh. All I got was article after article on Dead Man's really? Chest. Yeah. Huh. Because I was well, I thinking there has to be this has to be in another movie. I'm trying to think now. A three-way I, I have, fight. I, it's familiar. I think I've seen it before, but I can't think of where. So I typed it in trying to get something out else. But this is that all I. This huh? is all I got was Dead Man's I guess chest. it's a safe search now. Three-way sword fight. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just cautioning everybody out there. Kids, don't type that in. Your parents will wonder what the hell you're typing in there. I didn't click on anything. I just seen what was listed, by the way. Okay. You can search it. Don't do like an image search because that could make your eyes bleed. Well, I didn't do that. But I really, like I was saying, there's like this uh, cinematic perspective that's going on here. Because it would be so easy for this sword fight to devolve into a lengthy kind of boring fight. Especially given what comes up shortly. It would be like hard to beat as far as the choreography goes. But instead... (laughs) Every time you say choreography, it reminds me of White Christmas. Bing Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. When he's they're doing the choreography dance and they're all wearing black. Oh, the beatnik stuff, you know? Yeah. Why? why? What the hell? Come every on, fifties. Single- <laughs> what the hell's with the beatniks? <laughs> I almost actually said the S word on every- the air because of beatniks. Every single time you say choreography, that's all I can think about is I that swear song. The beatnik thing. <laughs> you know, an otherwise great movie, but then the beatnik. You know, come on. Yeah, you dated about, it. It was get, kind of get, out of. Uh, it's out of place for out of white place Christmas. In there. You bet. Yeah. But they needed the beatnik crowd. Now look, now we're on beatniks, and we're supposed to be talking pirates. <laughs> Instead. Verbinski actually jumps neatly from like this foreground to background to kind of stuff. It's not even in this shot. The sword fight is happening. We get it. We hear it. Sometimes it's in the foreground. Sometimes it's in the background. It's not like the main center of attention. That's what's great is that it's broken up with Elizabeth. As you were saying, this is about Elizabeth this minute. It really is somewhat genius. So it's like hitting us on the head that this really is a fight. About Elizabeth and not about the chest. Yeah. Again, again, those three elements. Ambition, redemption, temptation. Elizabeth is all three of these kind of things for each of these characters. She's something different. She's who they're really fighting for. Each one kind of has a, a piece to her of that. Yeah. Or she's the symbol for that. And Verbinski gives us his hint by having Elizabeth break up the fight. I mean, not physically, but for the audience kind of breaking it up. Yeah. Because we're focused on her. She's the main attraction, not the fight itself. That's the power of this moment. And I think it's actually quite magnificent how he takes us on this journey. This movie-making journey. Really is spectacular. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell are we going to talk about with sword fights? But yeah. Told you I was stewing in juices for a while. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I like find the dialogue a bit underwhelming at points, because I do. I mean, maybe she's coming off a bit whiny at some points or corny. I don't know. I'm not actually sure. I may have had a little like question about some of the dialogue there. I don't know if she needed to be yelling things at him or, or something. Again, this is a comedy. It's not a serious pirate right. movie. So that's part of it. 
not always a serious pirate movie, but it is. It's a little well, bit she's, of a thing. she's acting very womanly-like here. Yeah, maybe too womanly. Maybe that's what it is. Too damsel in distress thing again. I don't know. But it does work, though. I mean, for God's sakes, we don't get a pun like bad dog. That right there is a win for us. We did get the euphemism of the week. That, again, worth mentioning. And a clear, like, directorial kind of message that Elizabeth is the center of this attention. Yeah. That is the genius part. So I, I, I have to say this is a win for these two minutes. We even had a listener email about this fight. It happens in the next minute, some of it. But since I was on the topic, I figured eh, I just might read about it. Read it, not about it. It's not like I can reference her email on something like Wikipedia. It's not like breaking <laughs> down like, Caitlin contacted the Black Pearl show. No. Anyways, uh, Caitlin Macklin wrote, I recently watched a deleted scene from Isla de la Cruces, which provides more proof about my theory about Jack, Norrington, and Will fighting for Elizabeth's heart during the three-way sword fight. In this deleted scene, they are all fighting and Jack tells Will not to trust Norrington. Then Norrington tells Will that Jack wants Elizabeth for himself, to which Jack replies, pot, kettle, black. Which I believe is a play on the pot calls the kettle black. Definitely. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But it does provide a bit more information on Norrington and Jack's motives. Although I'm not quite sure if Jack's actively fighting for Elizabeth or just trying to throw Norrington and Will off balance. So my reply, Caitlin, this is exactly what I'm thinking. It has some subtleties because there are like these bits of misdirection from the writers as to how much Jack and Elizabeth are really attracted to each other. It's like trying to drive the audience crazy thinking Elizabeth is trading in the heroic will. It's been a running theme throughout the movie since we started. We've all seen it. We've talked about it here forever. But I think that's exactly where the filmmakers want us to go. They're looking deeper at what kind of... And, and almost like who all these characters are actually fighting for right now. Even if it eventually turns out to not be so much the case as opposed to indulging in their own ambitions. Using each other in a matter of speaking in kind of like this way that there's some ambiguity that... Oh, does Elizabeth really have an infatuation for Jack? Does Jack really like her? You know, so that's the the misdirection there. Yeah. And it's kind of ambiguous to the audience. They're not quite sure. And that's what I'm talking about. But I'm playing her. It's almost like I'm playing her, but she's playing me kind of thing, too. The Jack and Elizabeth thing. Can I trust her? Can I not? Is she playing me? Is she, not? you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. But utilizing like cinematic elements to focus our attention on Elizabeth is the clue. This fight is over Elizabeth in one way or another. Not just maybe straightforward in those ways, but there's other dimensions to it. So anyways, yeah. Thanks for the email, Caitlin. And everybody else, if you'd like to send us an email too, you can do that. Questions, comments, podcast at blackpearlshow.com. Or on social media or the pirate hotline. Don't forget we have that 8637pirate. But yeah, thanks again, Caitlin, for the uh, dropping us a line on that. Yeah, thank you. I always get excited when I see a three-way sword fight in an email subject line. I go, oh, I'm going to get some pictures. No, just turns out to be a serious question. <laughs> and we have a kind of flora and fauna thing going on. Thought I'd mention that. The, the biology thing. It's been a while. Some people say they like it. They're delusional, but I th <laughs> they, they said they liked it. So I said... I can't help myself. It's really my day job. Always seeps in, but I'll keep it. I'll keep it light. Just a tinge of the biology. So we see a couple of potential seagulls here fly by really quick. Quickly, I should say. And I'll say, yeah, it was hard to identify. Paused, slow motion, walk through it, and then things are blurry. Let me just say it. 
very blurry. Almost like streaks going across the sky. <laughs> so definitely hard to identify. Even like step by step, I couldn't make them out. Not like a specific kind of species anyways, beyond the colloquial term for seagull. But if you remember, we're on the Bahamas right now. Actually, not for the movie, Isla de la Cruz's. Little Exuma is the real island we've talked about before. And it does have some gulls that populate the islands. Apparently, there's nine different species that can be found, but the majority of those are typically considered accidental, meaning that they rarely show up. So they're not there all the time. So if they're just accidental, I'm going to take it the likelihood that Pirates of the Caribbean caught them. Not bloody likely. <laughs> Send all your Cockney hate mail to <laughs> podcast at blackpearlshow.com. Sorry for offending our UK listeners. Of the nine, though, only two are actually there regularly. The laughing gull and the ring-billed gull. And based on the swashes of color, the streaks in the sky that appears to have some kind of grayish kind of patches on the head as well as the wings. I was uh, loosely able to see, kind of, mind you, complete blur. So take this. With a grain take of this salt. about is, is how much you can trust that we will actually have another show coming regularly. <laughs> So I think these two that fly by quickly are laughing gulls, possibly. The ring-billed gull has more typical whitehead seagull appearance, whereas the laughing gull has like a more gray extending kind of patch on its head. And I say all this, like I said, with practically zero degree of certainty, since I couldn't really get a good look. Maybe the motion blur is what I saw, and this is just like a ring-billed gull. I don't know. But I'm glad I could nail it down out there for everybody. You're calling them out on their goals, but you couldn't even really see I couldn't see them. I was really trying to do that. And then I, the amount of effort I put That's... into it and I couldn't get anything, I thought, I'm not ditching this. This Shiite is going in here, even if I have no real, well, nothing to say about it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Adventure, the black bones will sail. Years into the future, pirates will prevail. Finally, we've conquered death. All our worries gone. Every night our souls won't rest till the break of dawn. And the ship sails on back into beyond, over again. When I sing the song, this my home. Until the end, centuries across the sea is not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood on and on eternally. You ready for some other lame, uh, couldn't find anything? Yeah. We get some beach dune plant action here. How's that for exciting radio? <laughs> it's almost like the sweaty balls ladies from the old SNL yeah. thing. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking to uh, beach dune plants today. <laughs> no. And I'm going to preface this too. Although there wasn't a blur, like with the goals. I'm not a plant expert. I'm not a plant ID expert. Let me just say that twice. So I didn't even want to try and go through that process for one the ones that we actually see on the dunes while they're treasure hunting. But this is, and I'm going to leave it here, the pioneer zone of the beach. And that is so named because it's where the first plants try to grow over the sand. These plants must adapt to the kind of the loose shifting sand and poor soil. There's no protection from wind or salt spray. Plants here are usually low-growing vines with waxy leaves. Definitely we see waxy leaves. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you, got, you got waxy leaves. It's a, good. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of pioneer pirate action from the flora perspective. The pioneer zone. So that's where I was going to leave it. The pioneer zone. That's but awesome. I was 
really hoping it had a better name than that. But I, I kind of like the Pioneer Zone. They're like exploring. They're 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 out there. You know, the, they got the Oregon Trail of sand dunes that are just moving <laughs> out there. I don't know. Did you have anything else? I mean, that, seriously. Nope, that's it for me. I don't either. That's all I got. So I'm are ending. You sure? I'm ending on unidentified goals and uh, sand dune talk. Man, and waxy that is spectacular. People will keep coming back for that. I got uh, I hope he talks, uh, you know, tundra next time on the, <laughs> on the Black Pearl Show. Yeah, I don't know. There we go. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. Do so thinking we don't always talk about unidentified seagulls and uh, beach dune plants kind of thing. But it helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can always find us on SoundCloud. And I say always because it's digitally there. I'm not usually there. All the links are on blackpearlshow.com. It is that easy. We'll be back with the latest episode of the Black Pearl Show. Possibly this week. Maybe, but I'm not going to promise. Talking some, uh, yeah, maybe we can digest the news of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise reboot without Johnny Depp. Sad news. Got my sad emoji going on there. Or do I? Guess you'll have to wait and find out. And of course, delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses as the dirty, filthy bilge rats we are. Analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering. All that Pirates of the Caribbean fun. Till then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. And thanks for checking in on us while we've been largely absent. Greatly appreciate it. And Heather, just as I was wrapping up the show, what the hell were you showing me? It's some kind of uh, Disney Parks key pirates. It's a Deadman Tell No Tales. Oh, for $34.95, I might need to get me that. It's pretty awesome, right? It is awesome. Yeah. Next time for the thing, I guess. I don't know. All right, we're getting the hell out of here. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun, I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, maybe Heather. This is a Shout Reach Media Production.